Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Dave Molinari of DK Pittsburgh Sports joins us now. Hello, David. How are you? I'm terrific, Stan. And yourself? Doing well. Thanks very much. Dave and I go way back. He reminds me that he uh, learned of the United States victory over Russia. Um, We just celebrated the anniversary last week. Um, listening on radio, and I warned people, if you didn't know, want to know the result, to turn your radio off for at least 10 seconds, uh, apparently you wanted to know the result. Indeed, I did. And uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, as soon as you announced what the result was, I drove to the Pittsburgh Press, where I was scheduled to work an overnight shift, uh, so that I could watch the delayed broadcast of the game uh, in the snack bar there. It was uh, well worth the trip. Yeah, it was. I did the exact same thing by the time I was able to get it home. Um, I don't know if yesterday was a miracle, uh, but the Penguins seemed um, to learn a lesson based on uh, what happened on Thursday night. I realized the Rangers aren't the Flyers. Um, did, did you notice and, and sense that, allowing only 13 shots in the final two periods, that they got the message that you can still uh, be aggressive and still play solid defensively? Well, yeah, you know, they, they, it certainly looked that way. Um, you know, that, that's really not something they should need to be reminded at this stage in, in their, their careers for, for most of them. But, uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty painful lesson they got against the Flyers, you know, taking a, Three nothing lead in the first four minutes, and, and then not even getting a single point out of the game. Um, that's the kind of thing that will leave a bruise on your psyche, and uh, it certainly created a memory that stuck with the Penguins last night. Dave, what did it say to you, if anything, um, that they learned a lesson and played a solid hockey game, bouncing back? I'm just thinking, if they would have lost the Flyers again, that would have even exacerbated. Um, the disastrous results Thursday night. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, that was a very real possibility. The Flyers are a pretty good team. And, you know, they, uh, they led for much of the game on Saturday. The Penguins had to come from behind a couple times. And, uh, yeah, had, uh, that, that winning that game allowed the Penguins to pull even with the Flyers in the standings, although the Flyers had two games in hand. And then, you know, with the events of last night when uh, the Penguins won and the Flyers lost to Washington, the Penguins have moved ahead of the Flyers. Um, Still, Philadelphia has those two games in hand, but, you know, the the Penguins are certainly in a much, much better position than they would have been if they had lost again on Saturday. Dave, maybe this is premature. Do you get any sense whatsoever that this team, um, after, what is it, 23, 24 games, is finally uh, finding its legs, uh, finding its identity? I think it's premature. I don't, I don't think we know that yet. You know, consistency still has been a, a huge problem for this team. Uh, last night was the, the first time that they had won consecutive games since 
um, sometime in February. It had been uh, several weeks at least. They had alternated victories in, you know, the previous six games. And, you know, 500 just is not nearly a good enough pace to uh, to get into the playoffs in, in what is, as we expected it to be, a uh, very competitive and tough division. I was mentioning in the uh, opening segment before you came on that Dumoulin's return obviously anticipated. Uh, I thought he played his best two games of the year um, on, on Saturday and last night. Uh, I, I didn't think he was playing particularly well when the season began. And, and I'm wondering what you, you thought of his play and what that can mean up and down the six defensemen that they dress. Oh, I, I agree with you completely, uh, including the part about him not getting a good start to the to the season. There were a lot of guys who looked out of sorts. I don't know if it was the short training camp or just the weird circumstances or or just what caused it. But you know, he was one of the ones who really surprised me because he's a pretty reliable, predictable kind of guy. You usually know what you're going to get from him, and. That's what he's uh, provided the last two games. Um, uh, and having him back on that top pairing is important in its own right, but it, it's also significant because it allows other people to be slotted into roles uh, to which they are more suited than, than they might have been forced into um you know, when, when he was out, the Penguins were extremely fortunate that, that P.O. Joseph played as well as he did early in his time here, that, that they were able to plug a uh, rookie who had started the season on the taxi squad into the number one pairing and have him acquit himself as well as uh, Joseph did. Um, you know, that mitigated some of the uh, the damage that was, that was done by not having Dumoulin. But having him back in there kind of restores uh, the order to things. It also helps their penalty killing. He's, uh, he's a good presence in front of the net, and I, and I think that's something they need defensively uh, on the penalty kill. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Dave Molinari of DK Pittsburgh Sports is our guest. Um, how much better does Dumoulin's presence make Latang? His play had been getting better, but I mean, how much we talk about the impact that Dumoulin has, his individual performance, what he means in terms of slotting, but just directly, how much better does he make Latang? Well, when, when Dumoulin is playing the way he has the last couple of games, it gives Latang the the latitude and the confidence to take some risks offensively that perhaps he he wouldn't be able to if uh, Dumoulin weren't on top of his game, uh, just because he, he knows that, you know, there's a good, pretty good chance that if he gets caught up ice or whatever, that Dumoulin will be able to cover up for, you know, that lapse or breakdown. 
Um, and so that makes Latang more dangerous. It, it doesn't necessarily help with Latang's decision making any. That you know that falls on Latang. <laughs> but um, you know Dumoulin playing well and, and being as responsible and reliable as as we've come to expect him to be does let uh, let Latang spread his wings offensively a little more than he might otherwise do. Given that the, the pairings are now slotted in, and Marino, who had not been playing well, um, had a big game yesterday, and not just because he scored a goal, he played played much better. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think Pedersen's playing well at all. Uh, I'm just wondering if the demotion of uh, P.O. Joseph is temporary until a move is made, surplus of left-handed defensemen. Um, does the defense core as a whole, the top six as it's presently constructed, is it a liability for them, Dave? I don't know that it's a liability. I don't think it's a great strength either. Um, and I, w- I wouldn't write off Pedersen yet. He, you know, he is not playing well. I, I'm sure he's as aware of that as uh, any of us are. Um, but he's shown that he's capable uh, of playing at a higher level than he has been. So, you know, much like uh, Dumoulin came around and, and a number of other guys have come around, um, you know, I think it's entirely possible that, that Pedersen will begin uh, playing like he has in the past. And, you know, he, he and Marino uh, were a pretty good tandem last year. And, you know, it, it could be that uh, when they're united that, that there's a synergy there that that brings out the best in, in both of them. Yeah, Cody Cece, of course, has really been uh, a surprise to everybody, maybe to himself. Um, Matheson, you know, we know what he does. It's it's amazing to me uh, that they keep getting defensive like that, and then they're flabbergasted when he doesn't play well defensively. You know, they knew <laughs> they knew what he does and what he is. That was Jim Rutherford's deal. It's not Ron Hextall's deal. Um, do you expect that, given the surplus of left-handed defensemen, that you know that is likely what he would use as trade bait? Well, yeah, and the one guy you haven't mentioned is uh, Ricola, who I believe is still technically on long-term injured uh, reserve, but who has been practicing, and, and you would think is is pretty close to, you know, being able to return to the lineup. Um, you know, having a guy like Joseph. You know, to say nothing of Ricola, you know, in reserve gives them, you know, it, it shows they have some depth at that position. Uh, also, of course, the, the injuries they had with their top three left-handed defensemen all out at the same time earlier this season shows that maybe you need every bit of that depth and you're taking a risk by uh, by trading one of those guys. But I would say that if a potential trading partner is in the market for a left-handed defenseman, uh, the Penguins would probably certainly be willing to explore the possibilities. You know, I want to ask you uh, uh, about the, the fourth line, because I mentioned um, Dumoulin's return, but I also think understated, perhaps, was the return of Evan Rodriguez, uh, not just because he had to replace uh, McCann after McCann got hurt, but he just, you know, he's a solid player, and it's interesting. The Penguins today, just a couple of minutes ago, placed Colton Sevier on waivers. So that was part of the return, throw-in, uh, and the Matson deal. So Rodriguez is back. 
Um, how big a problem is that, Dave, given the you know minutes that the top two lines generally get? Um, and, and do you think that's something that Hextall is actively looking to improve? Well, I, I would think he's still in something of a uh, a feeling out process with all parts of his roster. You know, he, he still hasn't seen that much of, of this team that, that I that I you know think he's prepared to make a major move. Uh, you know, Colton Sevier is a, a fine you know, blue collar winger, a, a good depth guy, but. Um, if, if they, he gets claimed on waivers by noon tomorrow, you know, I don't think they're going to fold the franchise. Um, I'm sure that he would like to, uh, to upgrade his fourth line a little, but when, when you're operating in a salary cap era, you're probably going to have a soft spot or two, you know, in your lineup there, you know, there's, there's only so much money to go around. So I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure how much he can do, but a, a guy like Evan Rodriguez, who I, I think is a is a bottom six guy on a full time basis, it's nice to have somebody like that 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 you can plug into a a top six role in the short term, and uh, you know have him uh, perform capably. Dave, it looks like the great Russian bear has awoken from his winter hibernation or summer, whatever it was. Um, certainly more engaged the last couple of games. You know, his performance level seems to have developed a, uh, uh, a chemistry with, with Kapanen and, and McCann, too, uh, two really terrific goals. We'll, we don't know about his injury. Um, everybody takes a stab at this. You, you want to take a stab at, uh, you know, what, what Malkin's issues have been, and does it appear to you that he, the, the great Russian bear is awakening? Uh, he's awakening. I'm, I would stop shy of saying, uh, that he is fully awake. I'll want to see, you know, a, a few more games at least, uh, like the last few before pronouncing that. But I mean, uh, who knows what, what caused his, uh, his play through the, the first month plus of, of the season. Um, it could be, you know, a, a conditioning issue, you know, not only the short training camp, but he said that uh, the, some of the training facilities that he used in Russia were closed because of the uh, coronavirus regulations there. Um, there are people who believe that he's a guy who really feeds off the energy of the crowd, and you know, whether it be at home or road, and that, uh, you know, the fact that uh, the arenas had been empty until very recently uh, might have influenced him. You know, there's any number of possibilities, and as I say, I, I don't even know that, that Malkin could tell you exactly what uh, what the issue was, but there certainly were were issues, and uh, they had to be uh, troubling for, for management considering how long they lasted. Last thing for you today, Dave, um, what is the upside for this team? If things continue to go well, uh, the mantra after last season's disastrous flameout was uh, it was Rutherford, but I'm sure it comes from higher up. Uh, as long as Malkin and Crosby are there, we think the window's open. Um, after the last two playoff performances, I don't know how they uh, can continue to say that, but they, they built this team as if they're cup contenders. What's the upside for this team as you see it now as currently constructed? 
Well, I, I agree with you. I, I think, and I recall writing this the day the Montreal series ended, I think that window is closed. Um, I see the Penguins as pretty much the, the same kind of team that I did for the past few years where because of the world-class individuals they have, when those guys are playing to their potential, you know, the Malkins and Crosbys and Latangs, um, you know, they could be capable of winning a best-of-seven series from just about anybody but I don't think they're capable of doing it four times in a row. So, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly not guaranteed a, a spot in the playoffs. Uh, but if they get in, I, I don't think you're going to uh, see opponents lining up to get a, get a crack at them because they'll be dangerous. Uh, they just won't be dangerous for two months. As always, Dave, great stuff. Thank you so much for joining me. I know this is um, um, probably second in your most favorite things to do, root canals being one, but, <laughs> but I always appreciate when you've got the time uh, to... to... Uh, it's all, always a pleasure to speak with you, Stan. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Follow uh, Dave, the Dean of Hockey Writers in Pittsburgh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Thanks, Dave. We'll, uh, we'll do it again uh, before the season is over. Dave Molinari, um, he's forgotten more about hockey than most people will ever know. I include myself in that group.